And joining me right now here on the Mark Moses Show to talk the latest on UCF athletics, maybe the NFL playoffs. I know he wants to talk wrestling as well as usual. He's my good friend, Eric Lopez with Black and Gold Banneret and play-by-play man for UCF as well. Eric, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Mark. It's a busy time. We've got basketball, wrestling, and softball. Three of my favorite things, uh, along with football, going on. So that's four things. This is actually the busiest and most fun time for me. I want to start with this with you. Horns down. That's what I think when I hear UCF basketball. <laughs> Horns down. That was a win. And then, man, it's like no one's paying attention. You're like, wait a minute, what? They beat West Virginia as well? What's going on with this basketball team? Well, they're surprising. They're three and three in the Big Twelve. I'll be honest; I did not see that coming. Uh, but what they are doing is they're defending everybody. Uh, they're they're very deep. They're lengthy. Uh, you know, have a lot of you know length and, and width. So I think that's giving teams problems. You know, maybe some teams didn't respect UCF going into this. Certainly, Texas. I don't get the impression did the way their head coach reacted afterwards. Rodney Terry flipped out. Uh, but Johnny Dawkins has done a good job, and that's why when I wrote a year ago that Johnny Dawkins was the right guy to send bring UCF to the Big Twelve, this is why because he's got experience coaching in a major conferences, and uh, he's built a roster that's competitive. How long this can you know can this you know stick around the whole year? Who knows? But uh, it's been fun, Mark, averaging over 9,000. You were there with me in the Kansas game, and you saw how electric it was. And I think that win has really given him a lot of confidence and propelled this kind of excitement around the program here that, honestly, I haven't seen in a few years. This is the analogy I said when they beat Texas. And I want to get your take. We're here with Eric Lopez with Black and Gold Banneret. No one takes UCF seriously until they get punched in the mouth by the Knights and then they take UCF seriously. That's what I felt when Texas' coach had a nervous breakdown. How about you? That's pretty fair. I mean, he was, uh, he lost his mind. Like, he was, uh, cursing and, and calling UCF classless, even though they were just celebrating their own. And, you know, he somewhat apologized on Saturday after the, in the post game, but like Johnny Dawkins said, he never reached out or anything, which was bizarre. But you're right. I think that's fair. I think, look, every college basketball media person I followed, uh, throughout the offseason and everything, everybody just laughed at UCF in the Big 12. They're like, well, they're going to finish last. They may win two, three games at best the whole year. And I mean, they have definitely surprised. And, you know, UCF's our uh, net rate, uh, ranking is 67 right now as we talk. So, uh, it's been pleasant. It's It's been great. But as you know, Mark, as well as I do, life in the Big 12, you can't, you know, pat, pat yourself in the back for too long because every game is a just, it seems like it's a gauntlet for the most part. There's projections of 10 teams making the NCAA tournament. There have been as many as eight teams ranked in the top 25 in the yeah. Big 12. This is, this is the super conference. But I think, in a way, it's brought the fans excited because of the brand names that UCF's playing. And I do think UCF's uh, playing off this atmosphere. So we'll see what happens. They're at Cincinnati this Saturday. That's another big game. They got Baylor coming up Wednesday, next Wednesday night, uh, which I'm going to be at. So nice. uh, at Oklahoma after that. Here's the thing. This is what it looks like in big boy basketball. You don't need to go 23-4. and four. You don't. It's not like you're in the American anymore. You got to get the 20 wins. You got to get some quality wins. Maybe win a game of the conference tournament and you could get in the NCAA tournament. The expectations are different, Eric. I hope you know that. 
They are, but I think UCF basketball is kind of feeding off of that because there was no expectations uh, from that standpoint. Now, moving forward down the road, maybe we'll see where this goes. But, Mark, I would make the argument to you that men's basketball, think about this, men's basketball already has as many Big 12 conference wins as football did all of their season. And I would argue that men's basketball has had more memories, have had uh, impact, more memories in this part of their Big 12 schedule than Football did the entire season. It's crazy, dude. It's crazy. And you know what? <laughs> Horns down, the whole country saw that. All like every every Yeah, that blew up, didn't it? Every sports show in America was talking about that story for a minute. That's great for UCF. And they got the W. It's pretty good. And I love the and I want to get your thoughts on this. They're like, wow, you couldn't handle UCF? Good luck to Texas in the SEC then. <laughs> Have you seen this? <laughs> right, everybody sided with UCF, and rightfully so, and that was great, and that's extra you know, uh, coverage for UCF, which I think is a good thing, and I'm just glad that the program is getting more coverage, and you know, that's been one of the major positives you know, from obviously being in the Big 12 is you get more coverage as a result, so when you do something like that yeah. and get a win like that, uh, more people pay attention than when you, you know, beat South Florida. All right, we need to discuss this on the air. It's been a couple weeks. We're here with Eric Lopez. So I'm sitting by you post game after they beat Kansas. You got two questions in with Bill Self. Was that was that the game plan when you woke up that day? I'm getting questions in to a legendary coach. I'm gonna, I mean, you obviously don't know how the game's going to dictate that, some of that, but uh, sure. I mean, I'm always intrigued to talk to Bill Self. And, you know, one of the things I'm trying to get kind of across this season is, is ask the opposing coaches in the Big 12 when I'm there is, like, mm. what's it like and what do you think about UCF? Because I think that's been a hot topic over the last, you know, the UCF basketball and, and you know, what it should be doing and what it shouldn't. You know, there's some fans that have been disappointed <clears throat> with the last couple of years, and my thing is, who are we to be disappointed in an NIT birth? You know, we don't have the history and tradition of other programs, and I think some people have taken Johnny Dawkins for granted. I think Johnny's done a great job considering what he's had, and I think we're seeing, you know, once you, if you give him more resources, hopefully, which I think is going to be the interesting question moving forward, I think he'll, we can win. I, I think he's had to coach with a limited budget. They were near the middle, the bottom of the, the American in the budget as far as resources is concerned with budgets, and they're definitely last in the Big 12. So, um, yeah, I think I wanted to get a couple questions across to Bill Self, who's one of the great top ten maybe college basketball head coaches of all time, and I thought he had some great things to say about Johnny and the UCF atmosphere and, and making sure, hey, if they keep supporting him, that'll be a big benefit to them. The atmosphere in that room for that press conference was fascinating because there's a feeling with the Kansas players like, yeah, 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 we lost, whatever. We're still Kansas. You're nobody. That was the impression I got from the players. Yeah, whatever, whatever. And Bill Self, he's saying all the nice things. Yeah, I get it. You know what? You are Kansas, but you also lost to UCF. I hope they understand that, Eric, moving forward. Yeah, I think they do. I mean, what's interesting is Johnny Dawkins has never lost to Kansas as a player or as a head coach. He's 2-0 and now as a head coach against Bill Self. That's why Bill Self corrected me, if you remember, That's real right. quick when I said you face. He's like, you know, you faced Johnny Dawkins before, and he's like, one other time, only one other time. 
<laughs> uh, which was he was referring to the Stanford. So you can tell he was not, you know, he's not in a good mood with that question. No, uh, obviously he doesn't count the times as a, you know, he was a player, or was he was an assistant at Duke, and they beat Kansas. But nonetheless, point taken. Uh, but you notice I had to, I, I quickly adjusted to my question real fast. Was that the best win you've ever seen in that building? Yes, absolutely, 100%. I wrote a column. Uh, right after that for Black and Gold Better, and I think it's the greatest win in the basketball program's history. Uh, you, I mean, Mark, to say you beat Kansas in basketball? Come on. Nobody <laughs> believed that. Nobody, certainly some of the old-time fans that used to watch UCF basketball at the education building would not have believed it, or <laughs> or they would play at the old UCF arena that held a 1,000 people back in the A Sundays in the pack when they used to call it. Heck no. Um, that's a game, Mark. That will be remembered 10, 20, 30 years from now. You're going to remember that. I will remember that. We may not remember how this season played out, but when you look back at UCF basketball's first season in the Big 12, that's a game they're going to remember forever. And I think that's a big part of this first year for UCF in the Big 12 is what is the biggest memory that people will take with them 10, 20 years from now? I think with football, it certainly is that Oklahoma State win. Uh, and everybody going to the field afterwards. And certainly for men's basketball, it's that Kansas win. I, Those are two of the top memories. And certainly, to me, the Kansas game, in my in my UCF, and I've been following UCF since, the let's see, I, 2000, 2001, that's on my Mount Rushmore of the greatest UCF athletic events I've been to. I agree with you. I was there for the Michigan win, which was yeah. fun and exciting. Um What's the other game you could think of in that building? Maybe the NIT. Illinois, the NIT Elite yeah. 8 seven, yeah. and 17 was fun to clinch that. Cincinnati Senior Night 2019, uh, Taco Fall and B.J. Taylor's last home game where the UCF pretty much was a top 25 game. Pretty much after winning that game, they stormed the court. You, could, you knew that UCF was going to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2005. Dude. Those are probably some of the basketball memories from that building for sure that would be right there with that Kansas win. I won't lie to you, Eric Lopez. I, I was exhausted from work that day. I really was. <laughs> but I was like, I, I got to go. I mean, this is like one of those, like how many times yeah. is this going to happen? We're, Aren't we're, you glad you did? I, you know what? Is some parts of that first and early second half? No, I was like, well, this is a disaster. And then we well, were hanging out with me and Trey. Come on, that wasn't consolation. I, here, here's what I'll take out of that. It was so loud in the building. You and me and Trey Strelka, we're all sitting by each other, and I think we're having problems like hearing each other. No, that's true. No, yeah, I mean, it was loud. I mean, that place was loud. I hope it's like that moving forward with the schedule. And the other thing was. Like, okay, so Bill Self talks, and then you had to wait for Johnny Dawkins to show up, right? And I'm like, man, this is going to take forever. I won't get home till midnight if I wait around. So I'm like, look, I got to go. I I can't stay. So I leave, and you guys are all waiting. I walk by. Dawkins is still in the hallway talking to a bunch of family and friends and fans. I'm like, well, he ain't going on for another hour. And that, and I just left. That's what I always remember. But uh, You vanished. Yeah, you, one minute you were uh, sitting next to me in the press conference. Next minute I looked around. You were like disappearing. You were like staying, man. You were like the undertaker. You just vanished. It was incredible. I've never seen that before. I appreciate that. And that's one of those things also where when you have a program that big, and I experienced this in the ACC when I covered Virginia, is – Duke would show up in Carolina and you know this is when it was Coach K and you know it was Roy Williams and you know they have like a press corps of like 20 deep of people right like it's Alabama football you notice that also we're at the press conference 
there's a lot of Kansas people there who cover the team. Like, this is a big deal with that yeah. program. Did you feel that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, you saw where I was sitting. I was like in the second, third row. Usually I get the front row pretty easily, but not that time. Yeah, at least. Now, when Kansas, and it was funny too, when Bill Self was done, a lot of that first, a lot of that first row cleared out with the Kansas media. Yeah. Was, yes. And just listening to the questions, it's always, I'm always, I always love hearing the local guys asking the questions because their tone is totally different. Like, you know, with them, it's like, well, what happened? What, what, uh, what, what went wrong? Like, what, what do you, like, how could this happen? Like you could, and you could. I'm sure those kids, some of those kids, as media guys, were like, "Oh God, I gotta be here!" Like, really? Yeah. Oh, well, I, come on. I I've discussed this with you before. We hear Derek Lopez with black and gold <laughs> banneret. There's a feeling, and I felt this way with the Oklahoma State fans for football. Hey, let's go to Orlando. It'll be a little vacation. We'll go to nice weather. We'll go to Disney World. We'll go to Universal. Then we'll see our team destroy UCF. It'll be a great time. And then they lose. And they're a complete shock. That's what we saw with the Kansas fans as well that night. Well, there were there's been rumors that Bill Self requested to play UCF at UCF as the first home oh, yeah. opener. Uh, we have not been verified at all, but that rumor has been out there, and some people wondered, you know, did he do that because he wanted to quote he thought he'd get an easy win on the road? Did oh, he yeah. want to bring family to Orlando? Who knows? But that rumor's been outfloated, so who knows? All right, like you said, who they play next on the schedule? So they're at Cincinnati, who's having a good year themselves in their first year. That's a big game Saturday night, Cincinnati. Uh, could be a team right now that's on the bubble, depending on who you, which bracketologist you read. So that's at Cincinnati, Saturday night, and then w- next Wednesday night, Baylor comes to town. Nice. Uh, top 25 team. So that's a big game there. Hopefully UCF has more success with uh, the, ba- on the basketball court than they did on football against Baylor this past year. And then after that, Oklahoma comes in and they're ranked. So I mean, it's just, it's amazing how many ranked teams. I did this stat. Uh, doing the recap of the, of bas- UCF basketball last week. UCF right now still has nine to ten quad one games left on their schedule, uh, which is unbelievable. To put that in perspective, the last two years in the American, UCF had nine total quad one games in those two years. They've got nine for the next couple of months. It's unbelievable. Oh, one more. That is very corny. Uh, I kept my press pass and a bunch of the notes and stats from the Baylor loss because it was the first ever Big 12 game there at the bounce house. Sure. And even though they lost, I it's framed in my office. I'm happy I went there. I have all the Kansas stuff as well, and I'm going to get it. Fr- I'm getting yeah. it framed. And you know what I did? Going through the stands, I know they handed out stuff to fans, some some piece of paper. I grabbed that as well. I'm going to frame it all. I sprayed it down first. <laughs> you have to to make sure. Yeah, you, these days, yeah. yeah, you okay. never know. All right. We're here, Derek Lopez. Let's switch to the NFL. Your colleague Mike Talk came on yesterday. Big Dolphins fan like you. He told me he didn't uh he didn't feel sorry for Buffalo and he's kinda happy they lost. How about you? Oh, I celebrated. That was beautiful. I enjoyed that very much. That was great. And the way they lost was fantastic. We're like, they're selling the field goal. Jim Nance is setting it up by, hey, you know, they trust Tyler Bass. Even though he missed a couple against Pittsburgh, they would, they would trust him with the game on the line and everything. And of course he hooks it right. And Jim Nance just kind of needles it by saying, oh, the two most torrential worst words in Buffalo, wide right. 
just like their Super Bowl loss against the Giants uh, with Scott Norwood. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. I I, I couldn't stop laughing uh, after that game for that rest of the night. That was quite enjoyable. Heck of a ball game. 50 million people watched that game and more misery for those Buffalo fans. And uh, I couldn't think of a fan base that deserved the misery more than those fans. And uh, I, I did, Mark. I'm not going to lie. I was I went full heel on social media. I, I took quite pleasure in that. It was very weird in that fourth quarter, and I want to get your sense where it felt like Buffalo was winning, and and Nance and and you know the, the whole broadcast, the stadium, like oh Buffalo's gonna win, and I look at the scoreboard, I'm like no they're losing, they don't have the lead, but it didn't feel like <laughs> Buffalo was winning. It was weird. Well, I think they especially after the Chiefs fumbled the uh, fumbled yeah. the ball at the, at the goal line, I think a lot of people are like, ooh, that could come back to haunt them. This may be meant to be for the Bills, right? Like yeah. there's Jim Nance is like this the lucky 13 when the Bills scored a 13 yard touchdown in the third quarter. Yeah, I think I you know sometimes immediately we get caught in the narratives and stuff, and certainly that narrative is out there that oh poor Buffalo, they deserve a Super Bowl. I never understood that. They got to go to four straight Super Bowls in the 90s and lost them all. The Dolphins haven't been to the Super Bowl since 1984 season. I don't know why the Bills have more sympathy. I've never understood that. Um, but, you know, that's the rivalry side of me. But I'm sure you feel the same way when everybody just, you know, foams at the mouth about the Packers. And you probably get disgusted with that, too. So you can I, probably relate to that as a Bears fan. I was so happy Saturday night. I had, I, know you were. I had to watch. I know I'm a troll. For 59 minutes, I thought the Packers were going to win that game. I'm not kidding around. I thought they were going to win. I think the whole country thought that as well. Yeah, they kind of gave it away. The kicker misses the field goal. They give up the game-winning drive. And then Jordan Love does his best uh, Brett Favre impression by throwing a terrible interception to end the game across his body, throwing to the middle of the field. That was like very Brett Favre-esque. If I was a Packer fan, I would have had flashbacks. So, yeah, that's one that's going to sting for a while for the Packer fans. There was that throw by Brock Purdy where he just, like, launched it. And Juwan Jennings just catches it. Just yeah. catches the ball. Remember, Juwan Jennings, wasn't he the one at Tennessee where he caught the Hail Mary from Dobbs to beat Georgia? I think that's him. Ooh, that's good memory. That yeah. might be the case. Yeah. So, like, he just throws it up. That's my thing. People are just trashing Brock Purdy, but I'm like, well, he won the game, though. He went on the drive. He does something that Josh Allen can't do. Goes down the field and scores when he needs to and wins the game. Right? Come on. Yeah. But he's got to play better this Sunday. I mean, they beat the Lions. We don't know what Debo Samuel's status is. It seems like he struggles. Uh, the Niners struggle when Debo Samuel's out of the lineup. So that does have me a little worried. It clearly, Brock Purdy was bothered by, bothered by the weather, the rain. They kept showing that where he just didn't want to wear the glove, to wear the glove, not to wear the glove. So that was weird. Um, but he does have to play a little better. But they, but the fact that he drove him when it mattered, you're right. That's a huge, huge, uh, moment for him in his young career, whereas Josh Allen had an open receiver in the end zone at the end of the game and missed him. So to your point, you're correct. You gotta make you gotta make those plays when it counts at the end. All right, before I get to your picks, are you okay knowing that your Dolphins had now have the longest streak of not winning a playoff game? No, I'm not. That's why I was not happy with the, the the Lions beat the Rams. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, what a great story!" They, oh, they're fan base. They haven't seen anything like this in like fifty some years. They've never won a Super Bowl. My argument counter to that is most 
of those fans are bandwagon fans. They 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 love they care about the Red Wings who've won a ton of Stanley Cups since the nineties. All right, even mm-hmm. the Pistons won an NBA title in '04. So spare me on the sympathy for the Lions. And then you know they just had a national title in the state with Michigan. So I just find it interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying there aren't loyal Lions fans, but all of a sudden they're like this. All everybody's a diehard Lions fan. Like, give me a break. I didn't hear any diehard Lion fans when Eric Hipple or Eric Kramer was the quarterback or Andre Ware when I was growing up. I mean, there was a lot of them when Barry Sanders was playing, but please. I mean, uh, it's, it's that was a little bit over the top. I did not enjoy those uh, two telecast uh, kind of, you know, foaming about the Lions' struggles as a fan base. Hey, Baker Mayfield should have won that game. They were in it. Bucks could have won. It's wild. It is. Don't worry. Has anybody figured out why the Bucks didn't call timeout there at the end? Oh, uh, the coach said, uh, that game's over anyway. That was his thoughts. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that, Bucks, moving forward. Holy good luck with smokes. that. All right, let's get to your picks. Who do you like, Niners or Lions? I'm sticking with the Niners, but I'm not as confident as I would have been. You know, I, I would feel better if Debo Samuel played, put it to that way. But I'm going to stick with the Niners. When is Debo Samuel not questionable for a football game? <laughs> True. When Probably. does this happen? I'm sick of hearing about it. All right. The other one, the game that everyone's going to be watching. The early game, by the way. Yep. Ravens and Chiefs, who you like? I'm going Baltimore. This I feel like they've quietly been the best team in the NFL the last couple of months. This feels like Lamar's year. I still don't trust the Chiefs receivers. This is Ravens defense is very good. And uh so I'm gonna go Ravens. Uh but I'm looking forward. I think it's a toss up, but I'm gonna go Ravens and set up a Ravens Niners Super Bowl, which was a re- would be a rematch of the Harbaugh Bowl. Uh, from many years ago, and it just kind of feels like this year is kind of the Harbaugh family year. You know, Jim wins the national title in college with Michigan. Maybe John wins this his second Super Bowl with the Ravens, so I think they beat the Chiefs. We're well, there, Lopez, Black and Gold Banneret. Let's end with this. This is what you really want to talk about. Who's mm-hmm. who's winning the Royal Rumble? One of the most fascinating, biggest Royal Rumbles I can remember, right? Like, it's going to be huge, I think, because it's going to have massive implications uh, to the rest of the card at WrestleMania. I kind of felt all along that it was either CM Punk or Cody Rhodes, and I was leaning towards Punk because part of his story is about main eventing WrestleMania. He's never, quote, done that and set up the Punk-Rollins uh, feud. There's been some reports that have been disturbing that Gunther might win it and that you know, you might get because you might get Rock Roman at Mania, and I think that's the biggest question: Are we going to get Rock Roman at Mania, or are we going to get Cody Roman at Mania? And I think whoever wins the Rumble this Saturday will dictate a lot of. Well, we're going to know what the main event of Mania is based on that. Obviously, we always do win the winner of the Rumble, but this one will have massive implications because let's say Guther wins it, or somebody not named CM Punk or Cody Rhodes uh, winning the Rumble, that tells me that The Rock versus Roman is going to happen at Mania. But if Punk or Rhodes wins the Rumble, then I think we, we're, you know Rock and Roman may not happen at Mania. So I think those are big implications. You want to hear my interesting dilemma I have on Saturday night? What? So I can't go to the Rumble because I'm hosting softball. UCF softball is doing their opening night dinner. Uh, to raise money for the up and really talk about this upcoming season, which is a couple weeks away, believe it or not. We've already had season tickets sold out. 
uh, for softball. It's going to be a huge year for nice. uh, one or more anticipated years. It just so happens I got to host the opening night dinner as it's going on head-to-head against the Royal Rumble and head-to-head against UCF basketball. So my question to you, Mark, I need your advice. I'm hosting this event. Do I shut off all of social media race home after the event and watch the rumble from the beginning without knowing or do i let some or do i find out what happened to and then watch the rumble what do i do i I appreciate you asking me like you you care about my opinion i appreciate that as i do as yours i think you tape it you turn off your phone don't let anyone ruin it for you but i don't think you watch the whole thing i think you watch the last 15 minutes and see what happens. Right, that's what I'm asking because, in theory, the, the timetable by the time the uh, the event ends, the opening night dinner, I should be able to watch the the men's Royal Rumble, which I'm assuming will be at the end of the show. Uh, you know, unless they put Roman Reigns as the in the main event, which if they did that, then that's a clear giveaway that The Rock's showing up. But um, who's winning? That's kind of my dilemma. Is like I could join the show in progress. Because the event will be done by eh, nine nine thirty ish, which is you know about halfway through the rumble. So do I just join it in progress and miss the first half, or do I just start it from the beginning? That's the dilemma that I that I'm trying to debate in my head right now. This man's in his forties, by the way. I just want to clarify this. This is (laughs) fantastic. It is. Who's your pick? Who's winning? I'm rooting for Punk to win. If Rose wins, I'm good with that. Anybody else wins, I'm going to be very agitated. Isn't it a slap in the face if we don't get Cody Rhodes' revenge where he finally beats Roman? Haven't we waited a year for this? Come well, on. Especially, I, I don't want to see Rock Roman. Like, we all know who's going to win that match. And I don't want to go through another year, Mark, where Roman's defending the title like every few, you know, four or five months, it seems like. I, I don't. It's time for the title belt. It's time for it to go, you know, somebody else. I'm not one that says Cody has to win it at Mania. Like, he could, in theory, beat Roman at SummerSlam. But the bottom line is, I just, it's time. And I think Mania makes more sense. But, you know, I don't make those decisions. And certainly The Rock now is involved uh, with WWE and TKO and all that. So who knows? Uh, I, I really, I hope... Then we get Cody Roman at Mania. I would be disappointed if it's Rock Roman. Will that be fun? Sure. But we know who's going to win at the end. Roman Reigns is going to win. And that means we could be, are we going to be, I, I just don't think it'd be a good idea to have another year of a Roman Reigns title, right? I just don't. I know you're going to hate me for saying this. Um, oh boy. When Cody Rhodes and CM Punk were doing their promo together, yeah. after a while, I wanted Roman Reigns to show up and spear both of them. Okay. I'm sorry to say that. <laughs> That was a good. Uh, that was a good little deal back and forth there. I'll say this: if Cody doesn't get my prediction is this: if Cody Rhodes does not get Roman Reigns, I think he's going to get CM Punk at Mania, and uh, that would be interesting as well. I, I'd love to see that feud. I just don't want to see it right now. I'd rather see it down the road, maybe for the belt. But uh, we'll see. We'll find out. Big Royal Rumble. I'm 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 I'm, I'm annoyed that I can't go. Uh, that's kind of oh, frustrating, hey, but, hey. Uh, you know, I have good reasons. So hey, you you're, know? you're needed places. You're big deal. That's why I like it. Our responsibilities of being the voice of a team, you that's know, right. my 18th season coming up. Eric Lopez, my man, thank you so much for your help and have a great weekend. Anytime, Mark.